0: Yeah. did I freak you out with a new intro? It's an After Dark podcast. This is Robin O'Neill on the dial. It's 8:04 p.m. in the Skagit Valley. How's everyone doing out there this evening? Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you eating correctly? Are you sleepy? Well, here we are, you guys. This is an After Dark podcast just for the fun of it, because I kind of wanted an excuse to use this music. Also, I've been working nonstop since 5.45 a.m. And I just wanted to go to bed, but then I realized I'm not gonna I'm not gonna not get on here and say, I love this part of this song. All right. Anyway, uh, about me. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Robin O'Neill. I'm a visual artist who loves to read things to you and share things with you and talk to you and ask you questions. Uh, also, I just found out that Burger King got a new logo. And if you check it out, it's perfect. It's basic. I don't know. I haven't done any research. I just saw it. But I'm like, isn't that the one we grew up with? Uh, I always noticed that being from Nebraska originally people in the midwest like burger king and pepsi more and then when i moved to texas it seemed everybody liked coca-cola and mcdonald's more it really is a fast food driven craze and i like mcdonald's more frankly and i like coke more when i was able to drink caffeine but I don't like Pepsi at all. In fact, it really grosses me out. There's just something about it. I like the fizziness and bubbliness of Coke. But anyway, back to Burger King. I do love Burger King. I love McDonald's too, but anyway, the Burger King logo is really rad. It's very, it it made me really happy. Anytime I see something change logos, like Rite Aid just did that. I don't even, I do not love Rite Aid. I do not like it. Never liked Rite-Aid. I always find Rite-Aid to be just shitty. Anyway, um, God, I drove by the Rite-Aid today, and they have this new disgusting logo. It's like lime green and blue or something. Oh, oh, it really, it really disturbed me a lot. Um, anyway, what else? Uh, earlier this week, a character on the soap opera Young and the Restless used the term, and I'm wondering if you guys can tell me if this is a common term now. She was talking about how good something was, and she's like, this is extinction-level good. And I'm like, (laughs) Damien and I both looked at each other like, whoa, extinction-level? That is a whole new level. So anyway, I'm digging that. Yes, we started watching Young and the Restless because it turned out Bold and the Beautiful and Young and the Restless are doing a crossover uh, episode, or maybe... They said two weeks of crossover, although I've seen none of that yet, and it was supposed to start Monday. So anyway, um, yes, Damien and I are still obsessed with Bold and the Beautiful. Today I got up on my own, no alarm clock in sight, at 5.45 a.m. Awake, ready to go, ready to hit that yoga mat, ready to get some shit done in my studio, ready to eat a proper breakfast. You guys, I'm on a roll. You guys have helped me out. When I reached out about my sleep schedule, a lot of you guys came through. Especially you, Cindy. You know who you are. Um, That really helped me a lot. And now I'm just like on top of my shit. Now, this could all change. And this week was a little challenging. We had a power outage that lasted for a long time. And it really screwed me up because guess what? Didn't know it, but apparently I'm completely addicted to my white noise machine if I, I don't think I can sleep without it. So, um, there was no way to to use that. I hope you heard that. That's the sound of the train going by. It's such a, it's so loud here. And so, oh God, I love it so much. Anyway, there it was again. Did you guys hear it? I don't know if it's too faint in the background, but, um, I keep pausing so you guys can hear it. Anyway, yeah, I am like really excited because I feel like for right now anyway, I'm doing a great job on my sleep schedule, so thank you. Another event of the week was some of you guys may remember, right before COVID hit, Damien and I were in Europe and I was doing and I've been for a long time doing hotel stationary drawings. Really ever since college, but I wanted to do one a day while we were away, and I did it. I'm pretty sure I did it every single day. And so I want to start that. I'm, I'm thinking about proposing a show of these somewhere, and I definitely want to make a catalog of them. So anyway, I started doing that again, which felt really good. I think... I'm sure you guys agree, a daily activity of any kind, whether it be physical, like now I'm doing yoga with Adrian every morning. I'm glad you guys, some of you guys are joining me. Today was the best day, by the way. Let me get my calendar. Today was day 13 feel, and it felt good. It was very slow and you're in these poses just kind of feeling it out like however your body wants to do it and however feels best and she said you know take this attitude into your daily life like I don't know just move throughout your day and I was thinking like even do your emails your way do your art art studio structure your own way everything make your sandwich your way it it felt really nice and empowering so anyway Let's get on to business corner. Sorry if I didn't finish some thoughts there. I probably didn't, but I'm a little loosey-goosey and kind of uh, fuzzy-brained right now. So I wanna say thank you. Number one, my shop launched some new shit last week. I got some new modaliers. Uh, I got some new stickers with my artwork. One is a dinosaur sticker. That one, people seem to love that. So anyway, thank you guys so much for going to my shop. Also along the same lines, thank you guys. Those of you that came to the Instagram live, uh, event, (laughs) if you can call it that, all 50 people or whatever it was, thank you guys for being there. It was very fun, wasn't it? Those of you that were there will all agree. It was a fun little talk. Um, and I hope for those of you who wanted me to answer art questions, I hope I wasn't too, um, I don't know, too into my own TV world and chili dogs and whatever else I was talking about. So, But anyway, it was really nice you guys to join. I appreciate it. Now, uh, the only new kind of business corner thing I want to mention is next week, January 23rd from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, I will be conducting a two-hour workshop with the Toledo Museum of Art, who currently has a whole bunch of my work up. Many of my large triptychs are up, and it's a, I've talked about the show before. Go ahead and check out their website to see more. Um, and I am doing a workshop called World Making. And It is exploring the topic of why I believe writing things down matters, no matter who you are, all humans, not just artists. So no matter what it is you do with your life, um, the act of writing it down or taking notes or whatever, drawing, if you're an artist, um, in a notebook or composition book, rather than just using technology, is is, a... A whole different world, like night and day, to doing it digitally. So anyway, and I'm gonna be giving prompts. It's basically an intense two-hour course. Um, but it's all very fun too. I don't know why I'm calling it. I don't know that it'll be intense, but it'll certainly be fun and you'll get something out of it. I know that it's ninety dollars for members and a hundred dollars for non-members. And if that sounds a little steep to you, they also offer significant scholarships to bring the price down. So I will be, if you guys want to join, you'll also get a chance to do critique with me and so that you can show me what you've worked on and that I, I will talk about anything. And a Q&A too, you can ask me whether well, this is a chance to kind of, if you are geared more towards the art side of me, this is your chance to do that. So I'll put a link in the description of the podcast for you to check out that workshop if you want to join us. I also quickly want to thank, people who reviewed the show on Apple podcasts and gave me five star reviews on there. That really goes a long way for getting the word out on this podcast. And is really the only way, um, that that's really all I ask of you guys is to give reviews of this podcast. If you're listening or just share it with your friends. So I want to thank gumshoe D think bubble and Rasa 23 for your five star reviews. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I wonder if I should do... Let's do Recommendation Corner this week. You guys want me to do it? Let's hear that applause. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Murray's Feta Cheese. If you like feta cheese and you haven't tried Murray's, I always liked at Whole Foods. Once Whole Foods turned basically into Amazon, shit got a little weird in my opinion. But um, this... So anyway, I loved their Bulgarian feta. And now I love Murray's feta, which is at... A regular grocery store. I don't know. What is it called? QFC, which is also Kroger. So look for that if you're into feta. Orida has come out with mini tater tots, you guys. Minis. And I don't know why, but they're better than the regulars. So check that out. You guys know I'm a big fan of Orida frozen potato products. These are probably the best I've ever had. Um, I'm still watching and recommending Calmed by Nature YouTube channel, which uh, is you know, where you can look at a wintry scene in a cafe and you can even see like the the heat, the smoke rising from coffee and you can kind of hear distant clatter of dishes and you can sometimes see people walking by or, or sometimes it's a little cozy cabin that you're watching. Anyway, the cafe ones really make me feel good because I miss going to coffee shops so much and seeing people and all of that. You know, again, every time I say this kind of stuff, I just want to remind anybody out there we don't, we in Washington state still can't do anything. Like restaurants aren't open, nothing. So I am really starved for, um, I almost said attention. <laughs> Maybe I am, star- I don't know. Maybe I'm starved for attention too, but I'm starved for seeing human fucking beings. You know what I mean? It's driving me, I'm, I'm a mental case at this point. So anyway, having the cafe on, on my TV in the background while I work has made me really happy. Um, as for podcasts, I rarely recommend podcasts cause I don't listen to that many, but cold has a Susan Cox Powell, Josh Powell podcast. If you know that, uh, story of, of the monster that Josh Powell is and his father, Stephen Powell, um, this is a, if, if you think you know that. Uh, that whole story, you don't until you listen to this podcast. Lots of home recordings and audio, and Stephen Powell thought he was a musician and a singer. It's insane and very disturbing. Um, let's see. The only other thing I can think of is, you know what else I recommend? I recommend doing a like finding any YouTube channel of any kind, whatever you're interested in, and you got to find channels where each video only gets about two or three views, they are always better YouTube channels. Nothing worse than slick YouTubers, right? Um, but a YouTuber who just keeps on posting shit, even when they don't have any views, it's immediate solid gold right there. Um, or what is it? It's extinction level good <laughs> when they. So I've found some based on my own um, interests. I'm not gonna say any of them yet because I. It's also like, why would I recommend something so specific as what I'm talking about? But. Anyway, I just love those low view YouTube channels so much. I've been having a lot of fun with some of those. Okay, let's read you something. Today, I am reading from a book my mom got me for Christmas last year. In fact, the inscription says 2019, Merry Christmas, Robin, Love, Mom. And it's a book called The Secret Lives of Color by Cassia St. Clair. Is it Cassia or Cassia? K A S S I A. St. Clair. It's a Penguin book. It's a beautiful book. Um, It's considered an art book, and it's the unforgettable, unknown history of colors and the vivid stories behind them. And it's a, it's just a fun book to have around. But it's also, with each color, you learn a couple of things. And I'm going to read. I decided to read to you from one of my favorite paint colors. I've been painting lately, both with watercolors and with glazes, doing some ceramics that I'm working on. And as I went to drop off some of my ceramics somewhere, I was, I was looking since I live in the Pacific Northwest now, and I see all these massive mountains in the distance and they have that bizarre blue, purple, gray, that deep, deep color when they're in the distance. And it made me remember, I got to read from that book because I liked the entry on Payne's Gray. And you'll learn a little, well, I'll just read it. And let's just do this. And I'm also just kind of recommending this book to any of you guys interested in color, any of you artists, or or people just interested in art and painting and color. So anyway, here we go. Payne's gray. Stalin, an early political opponent, once wrote, gave me the impression of a gray blur which flickered obscurely and left no trace. There is really nothing more to be said about him. It is a stinging line. In our individualistic age, it is almost better not to be remembered at all than to be remembered as dull and insubstantial. Of course, the opponent could not have been more wrong. Stalin has left a long and burdensome legacy, and humanity is unlikely to forget him in a hurry. One 18th century gentleman, on the other hand, had faded from memory almost before he died. All that remains is the pigeon plumage shade of gray to which he lent his name. It is still a firm artist's favorite, even if little is known about the man himself. William Payne was born in Exeter in 1760 and raised in Devon before moving to London. Maybe. Possibly. A pamphlet on the painter produced in 1922 by one Basil Long, they probably say Basil, right? Basil Long spends the first 10 pages alternating between putting forward biographical theories and apologizing for a lack of actual evidence. That is awesome. I don't remember that. I love people who we don't know a lot about, by the way. Doesn't that make you like them more? Um, I was also just, sorry, just side note. I was also just reading from the, uh, um, what's it called? The Daily Rituals book and about Emily Dickinson and how there's a lot of guessing in that entry too. Like, we think she did this during the day and we think she did this with her fireplace and we think she did, we did, she did this with her gingerbread. and It's like, all right, you guys don't know shit, but I'm glad you're making some guesses. All right, anyway, back to Payne's gray. We do, do know that after spending some time as a civil engineer, Payne traveled to London and began painting full time. He was a member of the Old Watercolor Society. Old Watercolor Society. I wonder if that's still around. Where he exhibited in the years from 1809 to 1812 and also showed work at the Royal Academy. Joshua Reynolds is even said to have admired some of his landscapes. By the way, I admire his landscapes. His landscapes are awesome. Um, Paine, however, was most in demand as a teacher. As his contemporary William Henry Pine put it, his paintings were no sooner seen than admired, and almost every family of fashion were anxious that their sons and daughters should have the benefit of his tuition." We will never know if it was the strain of dealing with the untalented offspring of London's elite that drove him to find a replacement for true black pigments. <laughs> but we do know that he was proud enough of his, this precise mixture of Prussian blue, yellow ochre, and crimson lake to make sure his name stuck to it. Why is Payne's gray so beloved by artists? It is at least partially because of a phenomenon now known as atmospheric perspective. Think of hills and mountains fading off into the distance, for example. The further away things are, the paler and bluer they appear. This effect is caused by particles of dust, pollution, and water droplets scattering the shortest, bluest light wavelengths. And it is exacerbated by fog, rain, and mist. It is a small wonder that a landscape painter working in Devon was the first to mix the deep blue-black gray so peculiarly suited for capturing this effect. Yeah, and that explains what I saw today with those distant mountains. I mean, it's just, if if you are, if you are new to painting, you got to get some Payne's Gray and just check it out and how cool it is that he mixed this and was that obsessed with it. So when you look up his work, you'll definitely see Well, you'll see uh, an online version of what that color is, but anytime I, I hate the word squirt, but anytime I squirt any Payne's gray out, especially with watercolor, I'm just like, oh, thank God this exists. So anyway, a little bit different reading today, but I thought you guys would like it. Let's end with some questions. All right, you guys, here's the questions for you today, if you're ready for this. Um, How many best friends would you say you've had in your lifetime? I'm going to say... One two three. I've had quite a few best friends, and I always have. You know, I I never have just one best friend. Some people have a problem with that. I've had like ten best friends. Um, what was your favorite job you've ever had? Um, mine was definitely at the library in Commerce, Texas. What's up, James? Um, I worked in the periodicals and microfiche area, and I love. I also worked before I worked there. I worked in. Uh, what are, the archives. And I loved that too. So I loved working in the library. I also worked in the first freestanding Chick-fil-A. They used to just be in malls. And I worked at a freestanding one in Grapevine, Texas when I, I, had, I was like 15 when I started. And I have to say, I know we all have problems with Chick-fil-A now, but back then when I was 16, 15 and 16, that was a badass job. And holy moly, I got all the free food I wanted. Um. All right. What human trait annoys you the most? Um, besides the obvious ones, like we all on here hate racism and, and um, yeah, there's a lot of like real like depravity that we hate. But what about the more minor ones? Like for me, I hate coldness and I don't like apathy. When I sense apathy or just a cold personality, I am so not into it. And on the other side of things, what is your favorite human trait? Mine is definitely warmth. I love people who are warm. Um, so that's clear that those are my main things in people. I cannot, I cannot take a cold human being. It's not my thing. Um, what else? Have you ever had a black eye? And have you ever had pink eye? Sometimes I, I've gotten like a blood vessel burst in my eye from coughing so hard, and and it is so frightening looking. And I had a, not pink eye, the catchable kind, but I had pink eyes with uveitis once. And I, there was this girl, I, I, could, I had to go to the grocery store and there was this little like five-year-old who looked up at me and saw my eye and screamed like I was a monster. It was so, so depressing. <laughs> um, black eye. I don't know if I've ever had a black eye. I don't think I have and last but not least how is your sex life (laughs) there's one i thought i never would ask you guys okay why not how's your sex life all right i should probably end it there i love you guys so much for keeping me company in these very dark times i hope you feel my love and my interest in you and your lives and your trials, tribulations, your successes. That's a, that's my last question, what I asked online the other week. What is something you'd like to brag about to me? Like, if we were best friends, you would be like, you know what I'm really proud of myself for right now, and tell me what that is. I love hearing that, and that is thanks to my friend Danielle Naylor, who asked that to her Instagram followers. I know I asked you guys last week, but I want to ask you again, because I haven't heard, you guys are not all for bragging. And I want to hear, I want to hear what you're proud of yourself for. We shall find peace. We shall hear angels. We shall see the sky sparkling with diamonds. That is Anton Chekhov. And I am Robin. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Goodbye.